0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers
1: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman as all of the coast this wonderful show. And because it was survive in advance and they did survive, joining me for another show this week Mr. Tony East from Forbes.com and Westside Indianapolis News. Tony
1: The Pacers won to find the odds, right? Find the odds, maybe. Uh, I would still say, even given who was out, and we'll cover the Levert stuff later, once Brogdon was announced as in, they probably still should have been the favorites, but barely. But I think they defied the odds by dominating and looking like the way better team in this game. They looked phenomenal. So credit to the Pacers for, yes, to find the odds that this would be a close and interesting game and making it not at all close or interesting. They just destroyed the Hornets. Yeah, so
0: if you don't know, the Pacers beat the Hornets 144-117 in the first ever play-in game in NBA uh, history, a historic moment for this Indiana Pacers team, I guess. Um, They thoroughly dominated from basically start to finish. They took a 16-point first-quarter lead and just maintained that basically the entire game, if not more points, obviously, for most of the game. I believe they had a 22-point halftime lead, which would have matched the previous high. I think they had a 25-point halftime lead Five years ago that they blew to LeBron James and the Cavs. So please <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, for the Pacers, they were led primarily by O'Shea Bursett, Demondis Abonis, uh McDermott, really all the starters were double figures. So let's go. Dad Sabonis had 14 points, Bursette had 23, Justin Holiday had 12, McDermott 21, Brogdon 16, Goga had 14 off the bench, TJ McConnell 17, and Keelan Martin had 14. Uh, Pacers basically went nine and a half deep, you could call it. Uh, it, was, it was a dominating game. We're talking about that, obviously, throughout this podcast. We'll obviously preview their matchup with the Wizards come Thursday. and we'll talk a little overt, but, man, this is, this is quite a win and, like, does sort
1: of change your perspective on the team just a little bit, right? Well, I, every everybody played well. <laughs> like, every active player in this game played well, right? Sabonis was handling double teams every possession and getting just beat up by the Hornets. 21 rebounds, 9 assists, 14 points. O'Shea Brissett was hitting threes, led the team in points. Doug McDermott hit three or four threes in the first quarter, right? He's the big reason the Pacers jumped all over the Hornets and were able to just cruise and play loose is because he was perfect at the Doug McDermott role in the first quarter. Justin Holiday hit three or five threes. That's basically all he needs to do on offense. His defense was great. We can talk about that later. And Brogdon, who's coming back from an injury, barely had to play because he also hit a bunch of his threes and had eight assists, right? All the starters did, did an exceptional job at their role and looked really good and connected. And then McConnell had his 17 points and pushed the pace. We'll talk about the pace too. Adam brought it up before the show. Keelan Martin was hitting his shots. Goga was getting fouled. Like Aaron Holiday had five assists, right? He was the backup point guard and he had five assists. I didn't even think he would play in this game, right? Everybody who played did their job and did it at a pretty high level. And it was just a absolutely dominant, convincing win. And it doesn't really change the outlook of this team. Like they probably still don't have a chance against the 76ers if they make the playoffs. But it does make you frustrated that they couldn't have done this all season and, and been in a better position right now. Are we underestimating coach playoff Nate? <laughs> he did have the perfect game plan for this game. They, I mean, everything they they tried worked perfect. And every Hornets adjustment, whether it was more switching or some zone for a little bit, or, you know, they changed up their bench lineups or put Devontae Graham with this group, didn't matter. The Pacers were all over it and destroyed it. So, uh, yeah, he he did have a very good game plan. O'Shea said, I asked him about that after the game, how meticulous Bjorkgren is in these Um, playoff and play in game getting ready for them because O'Shea played for him in Toronto as well. he's like, he's so, you know, meticulous and covers everything. So yeah, he, he was ready. He had the team ready and they, they did a great job.
0: Yeah. I mean, it helps that they made they shot, basically 45% from three and 55% from the field. I mean, when you're just making shots, it's hard to, hard to look bad. Um, Even if even the defense was non-existent, it it would be pretty hard pressed to lose the game and score 144 points.
1: We've the Wizards, seen them but, do it,
0: I guess, this year. Ready, I was gonna say Lizards. we'll talk
1: about a team that they did do that, I guess. But um
0: <laughs> I, I think the underrated thing in this game, too, is the fact that they blew out the horns. They they were able to play most of their starters under 30 minutes. Only guys playing over 30 were percent and Sponus each played 33, which is probably below what you and I what you and I said what we thought would have been their minutes coming into the game. They also got relatively healthy outside of Leverta. We'll talk about next segment. They were pretty much everybody was there, obviously, no lamb um but besides that right everybody else that we thought was and on the bubble ended up playing so yep. summer holiday hey, Bro- i guess i <laughs> ended up playing so there wasn't a ton of like having to play random x player now keelan martin probably got more minutes than you would have thought just um just because he wasn't that way probably a month ago but outside of that everybody who played was everybody was a contributor this season and seemed like they sh- should be playing big minutes in important games
1: exactly this this is um uh, they they kind of played the rotation we thought we discussed this before the show outside of Keelan Martin playing a bunch a lot of his minutes were in the fourth quarter when the game was completely yeah. decided already but um, him being in the rotation was a surprise as was Aaron Holiday but again they both played great so that was the right call from Bjork but yeah he got everybody to play a low minute total but it, it didn't matter what the combinations were and what the rotation was I mean they, they they just looked so connected and it made it really easy for them because they were pushing a lot like Adam said before we started you guys don't know that so I don't know why I said like Adam said but. They took 105 shots, and the Hornets took 94 shots. So this game was so fast, and that helped the Pacers a lot, too. They're comfortable playing with pace. They were able to get a lot of stops on the Hornets and force them into some tough threes. They only made 30% of 40 attempts, which leads to long rebounds or leakouts, which the Pacers were pushing and punishing off of that, and that that's part of why they looked so good on both ends.
0: Yeah, and I think you have to give a lot of credit to McDermott's start that kind of yep. just like initiated this whole game. I mean, they, they jumped out to such an early lead, that, I mean, I was waiting for them to blow it because they've done that so many times <laughs> this year, but he got out such a good lead that it just it just made everything easier for the team, right? I mean, the one thing we I was worried about, like the Hornets got to that kind of lead, right? We see Ball and Rozier and Graham hit God knows, you know, how many threes to start the game, and all of a sudden they should be digging away out of a hole. It was the opposite, and I just don't think the Hornets had the firepower to want to kind of come back, right? They feel like they're the kind of team where if they don't catch you by surprise, let's say, or, or you know, with a hot start, they're kind of screwed, um, especially with this team without Hayward. I mean, Hornets have been really bad the better part of the last, what, month and a half. They lost Hayward in that Pacer game back in April 2nd. So, um, I don't know. They just, they just got to the right start and they kind of took it from there.
1: Yeah. McDermott's start was huge. Uh, the, when the Hornets took their first time out, it was 20 to seven, and McDermott had 11. So he was beating the Hornets when they took alone when they took their first time out that's how effective he was shooting they made an effort to get him involved and the hornets weren't really ready for it and then on the other end you know mcdermott's not necessarily an awesome defender but they tried to target him a few times it didn't work they tried to go through terry rozier a lot which makes sense he's been their most reliable offensive player with hayward out but whoever was on him whether it was justin holiday or o'shea switched on to him or even mcdermott or brogdon whoever like a lot of guys ended up on him at times they all made him uncomfortable rozier missed every single one of his threes seven of 20 in total, from the field, so he actually shot okay inside the arc, but they made him uncomfortable. They made his life hell. That was a big part of things too that allowed them to run, allowed them to get McDermott free, you know, in those semi-transition looks. They did the same thing to Devontae Graham. He only hit one of eight shots in his whole game. He was still really effective, but only one of eight shots in the whole game. So, getting up in those guards, you know, that's what the big preview was about for us with this team was how do they slow down the Hornets' guards? Well, they just made their lives hell and really uncomfortable and made him shoot. Shots are not as comfortable shooting, and that that made everything else wide open for the Pacers.
0: Yeah, so how much of this game do you think was actually, like, real in terms of it will be translated over to the Wizards game? How much of it was just, like, drawing a, a pretty good opponent, good matchup for one game?
1: A little of both. More of the former, though, for me, actually. Like, the Hornets are obviously way worse than they were earlier in the season, but... The thing thing is, the Pacers played with pace, which they have done all season, and they kind of played through Sabonis, and he was creating. It's not like they did anything so unique or grand or new compared to what we've seen them do all season. You know what I mean? That's why I think it's kind of repeatable and something they can take forward. And obviously, the intensity and the energy is not something we've seen all season, and especially the strong defense throughout most of the game, uh, they kind of – threw that away in the fourth quarter, (laughs) gave up, they gave up a lot of second half points, but uh, the effort was not necessarily needed at that point of the game. Anyway, their defense was solid in the competitive portion of the game. Let's call it that. Um, So that's a little surprising and maybe something that isn't necessarily as easy to take forward, especially against a good wizards team, but the offensive stuff, the sense they were doing, the, the tempo they were playing with the stuff they're all accustomed to and stuff that they in theory can repeat if they have the right game plan against the wizards. Yeah, this kind
0: of feels like also this team's in kind of an us-against-the-world kind of mode right now, especially with all the stuff that was swirling about the team, what, three weeks ago now? It feels yeah. like there's kind of this, like, hunkering down you to the world attitude. So,
1: since the day bit. that the, the big Bjorken report came out and they lost to the Kings and Foster and Batadze had their, their spat, they've beaten the Hawks, they've beaten the 76ers, they've been playing really well. They only lost to the Bucks barely with, like, half their team out, and the Lakers barely with half their team out. So they're actually playing very well. Recently. They're in good form kind of simplified their defense and this game was just a further continuation of that they pummeled the team they're better than even with uh laverde out and so it was very impressive
0: yeah i mean the question will be can they just keep up the hot three-point shooting and i said yeah. this before but we just, last week i said three-point shooting whoever shoots more better from three win this game i mean it ended up not mattering the difference but the pacers that took took 35 threes made 16 and hornets took third or 40 made 12 so the pacers shot better from three and won the game
1: yep um but yeah you know why they shot better from three why? Because they created great looks. Yes, that's for sure. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, there is some luck aspect to like making contested threes and stuff, but the way that McDermott and Holiday, and a, a few times Brogdon, although he took some pull-up ones again, he made them though. You know, the, the guys that normally shoot a lot were getting very open. Same with Brissett, right? And they were able yeah. to knock them down. But the Hornets had some good looks, but the reason they were missing so much is the Pacers did a good job of making their shot stuff.
0: To me, this the, the, the way they played holiday mcdermott sabonis the other particularly remind me of the bench last year both starters this time yeah. just the way they those guys moved up the ball and were all the time catching either catching balls from sabonis or being set up by an off ball screen by sabonis and catching threes in stride and that's when yep holiday mcdermott oddly have a similar way they they shoot threes where like if you get them moving around they catch it and are like kind of moving towards the hoop or moving in a direction that like is like really usually it's a it's a higher percentage three-point shot and it's just them just kind of pulling up randomly and so we saw a lot of that from both those guys, which was really, I mean, it, when it's a plan is with your bench, it's even better, but I guess with the starter, it will have to work.
1: Yeah, I agree. The only things I would worry about not being able to come forward would be Goga getting six offensive <laughs> rebounds. I mean, he played against some of the smaller groups for the Hornets in the second half. So his stats are a little funky compared to how he actually played, but you know, he, he's been inconsistent this season. It's hard to expect reliable play from him with, when Sabonis is out of the game and then just some in general hot shooting stuff. Like, like I know that I just said they had good looks, but I mean, they shot 55%, like that's really high. So they can do that. The Wizards defense isn't particularly good. They scored one forty on them this season, but you know, they have to, they still have to execute very well if they want similar results.
0: Yeah. And that, that's going to be key. I mean, they, they have to, um, this, this was probably of the 20 teams that have made this sort of, well, I guess the eight that made the play-in and the 20 that have made the playoff then in quotes, the horns are probably the worst team. I mean, they're the Spurs,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, the Hornets are the worst. We're right.
0: right. Are the worst record, right, of all the teams.
1: They're tied with the Spurs, yes. Okay,
0: they are. Um, but I think just in terms of the way over, I mean, if look at the last two months. The Hornets have been by far the worst team I of any. So um, this could be an anomaly, or maybe it's the start of a, a something. I don't. Know. I don't really want to say that out loud because I feel like I'm, damn, I'm jinxing it. But
1: <laughs> we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. But um, let's do this. Let's take one quick break, and then we're going to talk about where the Pacers stand in the lottery update, and we'll talk about Karis LeVert um, and when we could see him if the Pacers keep surviving. But first, today's Locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Us on Lockdown Pacers are hosting all kinds of locker rooms every single week. Tony will have tomorrow's locker room. Check uh, on his Twitter feed at TSNBA or at Lockdown Pacers to see when, when that is. You can join in on the conversation. He'll talk about, I'm assuming, previewing uh, Thursday matchup with the Wizards and anything else, questions you have. Locker room is the perfect place to start joining the conversation about the league. Your fans, fans will find it. You'll find watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reaction to big news rumors on locker room. You'll have the chance to chat with me, Tony, any kind of person, uh, on Locker Room, a chance to be featured. So go download the Locker Room app today. It is currently free on all, all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile link with your Twitter and tell uh, Locker Room what groups you want to be in, whether it's NBA, NFL, uh, whatever it is. You can follow Lockdown Pages on there, at, at Tony East on there. You don't want to miss anything. We'll see you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. So Karis Lavert will not play in Thursday's game. I don't know if that's official, but I'm just assuming.
1: No, that, that is almost certainly official. But it's not
0: official um, official.
1: I would say it is, basically. I mean,
0: it's it's assumed official.
1: Yeah. So this would have been the story of the day had the Pacers lost. Um, and it was the story for much of the day, although their dominant play ends up being the story. So just the Pacers find out just before noon. I think it gets out to everybody at about noon or a little afternoon. But Karis LeVert in the health and safety protocols, and he either, because... Um, I don't know this for sure. I don't know the rules perfectly, but he's according to Shams Trania, he could miss 10 to 14 days, which I think means he was either a close contact or tested positive for COVID. I would, not want to assume either. I have no idea, but, um, yeah, if the reporting is to be believed, he will be out for 10 to 14 days. Bjorken did confirm before the game that he was in health and safety protocols and would miss the Hornets game, but he couldn't officially say how long he'd be out for. Although it did sound like again, that they were expecting it for a while. So we'll see how long he's actually out for. But yeah, that that was huge news for the Pacers. If Brogdon wasn't able to play, they would have had a rough guard rotation. Thankfully he was because then we're going to have LeVert. And if they can't have him for 10 to 14 days, that affects this upcoming Wizards game. That affects any potential Philadelphia series, maybe even the whole series. It could be, if it's a sweep, I mean, he will probably would only be able to play in like the final game of some series like that. So it's a big loss for the Pacers and just terrible news for Karis LeVert. I really hope he's okay. Um, through all this that's the main thing to obviously emphasize is you know obviously it's a blow for the Pacers but the, his health and especially given the year he's had has to be at the forefront of this discussion
0: yeah I, I we don't we should say we don't know how we end up in this situation I guess maybe the best case scenario is he got vaccinated but got COVID so because it is possible like very 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 um, very like minuscule likely and maybe he's able to almost get healthy much faster maybe that's like the best case scenario, but yeah, um,
1: I don't, yeah, that is the best case scenario. Although in general, I don't really want to speculate on what his situation is, you know, I yeah. just to be fair to him. and especially- No, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just thinking maybe best cases. Cause like right there with the COVID thing too, is if you don't test positive for so many days and you don't have it, and that's what then it makes you out of health safety protocol. So that's the right. best case scenario. Um, But we'll, we'll have to just wait and kind of see. I mean, I think we've seen some guys get out of it in like seven days. Um, I want to say, especially if it's if just a contact, right? If it wasn't, so that at least puts him. If these amounts survive, maybe coming back. Yeah, maybe. if he
1: does have it, I think it has to be ten to fourteen days. So, well, I think we'll find out, kind of, just by how many, how much time it's yeah. out, what what's going on. But yeah, I, I thought it's based. It. I thought it's also based on how many negative
0: tests in a row, right? So if he, I'm not
1: sure because Dennis Schroeder. I think it was just out for ten to fourteen days. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I can't remember. Did Schroeder have COVID or was it just one of the? He said he didn't, but then he said, but now I can't have it again for the playoffs. And everyone was like, what? You said you didn't have it. So it- <laughs> well, that's what he called out LeBron too, right? Yeah. His messaging was very confusing. So I'm not going to use Schroeder's situation uh, no, I- with LeVert's too much. I just will say that he was out for 10 to 14 days. 14 days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Schroeder put his-, his mouth a few times. <laughs> yeah. That was not the best pressure. I think that the discussion here beyond that, obviously it lowers their ceiling as a team is... Well, I think that's it really. It lowers their ceiling as a team, right? Like they got the of course they looked amazing in this game, but they need McDermott to be, you know, if he's gonna be effectively the two guard, it doesn't matter between Justin Holiday and McDermott. They're both playing wing, like none of them are technically the shooting guard, it doesn't matter. They need those two to be shooting well or playing spectacular defense to make up some of the impact they're losing by having Levert out and that happened today. So they were able to survive, but you know, it's a lot harder to be good without one of your best offensive creators and initiators.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I think if Levert was there, I mean, I I think come Thursday, they have a shot really, no matter what, I think the wizards have their own injury stuff. We'll talk about later. So there's definitely a, a very good shot at just winning that game in general. But I think to have any shot at like winning a couple first round playoff games, they need Levert. I just don't think I agree when it comes to the Sixers, I there, mean, even
1: if he played, I'd probably barely give them a Yeah, shot exactly. The play, but... so I would maybe give a
0: five games, you know, gentleman's sleep if he played. So if he doesn't play, I, I get, you know, it's even worse. Right. Um, but like, if it, yeah. So we'll have to see what the talent is on that because, I mean, I, Right. So if they win Thursday, they would end up playing Saturday as the first game they play with the Sixers, right? Uh, they would play Sunday, actually. Sunday. And they play okay. every other roughly day, probably.
1: I'm not sure what the schedule looks like for the rest of the rounds. They've only announced the first games. But okay. yeah, usually every other day, or sometimes a two day gap when there's travel. Who knows? Yeah.
0: So usually it's every other day when their home gives them two days off. So theoretically, that would put him, if he
1: he could maybe make a game three if they get lucky and have two days off between yeah. games. Well, so they play I mean, Sunday probably be game four.
0: Then Friday, it would be that would be twelve days between now and yep. Game Three, so that that is possible. I mean, that's yeah, like, but that point they don't may already be down two zero in a series, so maybe it's not even like you know. What I mean, they're, they're kind well, of I Remember, like
1: ten to fourteen days is like he's not doing any basketball activity at least at the Pacers facility, right? So there's a lot involved with the comeback even too that makes it challenging. So we'll see what he can even be if he is able to come back given what's going on. It, it's it's yeah, a just, really tricky situation for the team and definitely a painful loss. Yeah. I feel for, is this, would this be his first playoffs? No, he played great for the Nets last year in the bubble. Remember? No, you don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't. Wait, is this is his third playoffs, I believe maybe fourth, right? So what, who, Third. Well, the Nets, the eight, wait, let's see where the Nets last year,
0: six, six or they were eight year before that, right? Yes.
1: They got swept last year because somebody got good was also out. I forget who it was. And then two years ago, they were that pesky seven seed who took a game off Philly and then, that's right. Okay. That's but right. he averaged over 20 points per game in both his playoffs so far. Yeah, I guess it would have been, I guess, the the first time where
0: he maybe the, well, I guess he was probably on those teams. He's kind of a lead scorer, right? I mean, do you know, yeah. Russell was one of the years last he's year. He's performed
1: again? well in the postseason. History. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it sucks though for him. I mean, he's had a long year and I just feel bad for him, frankly. Right. He just had a miserable yeah. year. Oh,
1: uh, mean, um, his, his health at the forefront, especially after the treatment he had to have earlier this year. You know, you never know how that kind of stuff interacts. And I don't have any medical background. So yeah. Toby's uh-huh.
0: okay. The other thing, though, from this win, which I guess is you look at it in a positive way, it doesn't really affect the Pacers lottery uh, chances because we would assume the Hornets if they won this game probably would have lost the next game and, they, and the Hornets would have better lottery odds because they had the worst record. So um, the, the Pacers Hornets didn't really...
1: and or Spurs would have to make the playoffs for this game to have mattered for lottery odd purposes. So, yeah, like Adam said, not a big deal, but it could be. We'll see if they win the next one.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the the issue is if they win the next game and then the Wizards will have issue. 13. Issue is
1: uh is the wrong word,
0: but not yeah. the issue. The the uh, well the problem or the whatever. But if they win the next game, end up with the fifteenth pick because they'll have made the playoffs, and then somehow the thirteen picked Wizards jump in the lottery somewhere. That will look kind of rough. Let's put it that yes. way. Yeah, especially if they get exited in the first round in four games, so look really. I'm rough.
1: not concerned about a fall from thirteen to fifteen, but yeah, if thirteen jumps into the top four, then everybody. Yeah, will say, oh, no, I mean.
0: We were talking about it. I mean, when you get outside like the top, I don't know, five in this draft, probably the top ten in most drafts, you're just you're just you know flipping a coin. (laughs) It's not
1: a crapshoot. I hate that word because some teams do well in the draft every year, right? There's clearly a method and a science. So I have a question:
0: What what team has picked well for like four straight years in between eleven and eighteen? Memphis.
1: Oh, but yeah, Memphis. There you go. For
0: four straight seasons, I guess. Pretty much. No, Jaron Jackson was third, right? Oh
1: well. Okay, sorry. Uh, Jaw was second. Clark was 21. United that was a good by. pick.
0: Toronto. Maybe. I mean,
1: I'm just saying it, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I don't it's think not you easy, fight. but it's definitely not a crapshoot. I don't believe in that. It's not. It's somewhere in the middle of that,
0: right? Sure, sure. It's, it's luck. I mean, a lot of it is luck of like, did this guy develop at the right time? Like, did you get a guy? Like, people forget about Paul George, right? Paul George was 6'7 when he was drafted, and then he became 6'9". A year and a half later, so like that's yeah. part of it. Like you just like who would have known your guy's going to grow an inch, two inches while he's in the league? It happened to Giannis too, I'm pretty sure. So like some of that is kind of lucky.
1: A move from 13 to 15 would not really matter too much. Obviously, being as high as you can is always good, right? And still, the Spurs could make the playoffs. So you you know that would bump them to 16. So in theory, here's the thing: they could move up to 12 if they lose to the Wizards. So if you're still a Lotto fan, root for the Spurs. um, against the grizzlies tomorrow but anyway the, the the 13 to 15 stuff doesn't bother me it's the potential to jump up stuff that would you know bug the lot of people so like you said it only will matter if they move up yeah yeah if, yeah, if, if, if that team. 13 or, so unlikely less than five percent chance
0: if that 13 or 12 team managed to get into the top four that would
1: i don't think 12 matters they have a different record than 12
0: no but i mean then it would like make the last week a little different right they they, they could have had they could have had this record as the hornets right now if a couple of things had
1: happened this week last oh, week sure
0: Sure. Right. I mean, they, they could have they, had the
1: same record as the Raptors. If uh, so, different stuff happened this season, too. We should just. No,
0: no. But I mean, literally in the last week of the season, they could have <laughs> lost the Sixers on Tuesday. Like, sure. it, like that could have happened. They weren't going to lose Saturday because they are terrible. But like being one game difference is, is is does matter sometimes.
1: Yeah. We'll see if that ends up mattering, but they can no longer get to 11 for sure because of this defeat of the Hornets. So they can either be picking, 12 13 15 16 or 17 now
0: yeah yeah well we'll see actually
1: because they play the wizards i don't think they can have 17 anymore they cannot have 17 anymore never mind they can either pick 12 13 15 or 16 how do they get the 12 if the spurs uh make the playoffs and then they win uh or no that's just no they're
0: 13 or they're 13 or
1: if the spurs make the playoffs and they don't they would be 12 that's very easy to understand
0: no, if the Spurs make, make the playoffs, the, the one team that would be 14, and they would pick 13, right?
1: The Pacers No, no, you're
0: right. I'm, I'm off. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know no, I'm, I'm right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I don't know what I get. They're likely picking 13 or 15, I would guess.
1: The odds the Pacers get 12 is extremely low. They're
0: likely picking 12, 13 or 15
1: in the next draft. I agree. It is likely 13 or 15. In fact, it is probably either they win and they pick 15 or they lose and they pick 13. It's yeah.
0: All Basically, right, that's
1: it. unless the Spurs do some crap. But we'll
0: let's see. let's let's preview the Wizards game. Boring, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the more fun part. Boring, um, <laughs> yeah, so let's let's do that. But first, let's take one more break because today's Locked on Page Pockets is also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place all your sports action. The baseball season is full swing. NBA playoffs, and NHL playoffs are also in the heat of it. You can track all the action on betonline.ag. Get all your latest news, odds, info for all your sport needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and even the UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop mobile device and check out all the great news, bonuses, and contest information. Don't send us anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are on their playoff runs, head over to the website and mobile device today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on the promo code On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline.ig, your online sportsbook experts. And we are also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors and a bunch of limited time ones also? Built Bar is one of the best protein bars on the market. We've tried them all here at Locked On Pacers Podcast. Our favorite ones, at least my favorite one, is the peanut butter brownie one. I've talked about it a ton. These these bars are perfect if you're trying to maintain or lose weight or just need a delicious treat to indulge in. The peanut butter brownie one comes in 17 grams of protein, 180 calories, and 5 grams of net sugar. You can order all kinds of different ones on BuiltBar.com. They have their nine main ones. When you have the special lemon time flavors, they can get you those. On special orders, you go to builtbar.com right now. Promo code locked 15. That's L O C K E B 1 5. You get a 15% off your next order. Promo code locked 15 for 15% off your order at builtbar.com. The Wizards lost to the Celtics 118 uh, 100 just shortly after the Pacers won their playing game. That means the Pacers will travel to DC Thursday to take on the Wizards. Pacers are 0 3 against the Wizards this year losing 132-124 um, to 124 in Washington, 154-141 to 141 in Washington, and losing at home to the Wizards uh, a little over 10 days ago by one point in overtime.
1: Yeah, they have struggled, the Wizards. Like, the confidence, I think, from a lot of fans would be way higher if they won that overtime game. and they, they were so close, right? Like, the last two minutes report even said Sabonis got fouled with 17 seconds left. That wasn't called. Ball was off of him. Wizards got the ball and they won. Like, that game was that close. But the other two games were not that close. 154-141. I mean, that was the worst offensive game I've ever seen from this team. And one that inspired an article for me about their bad defense. And then the 132-124 loss sounds close. And they kind of gave it away in the fourth quarter. But Beal didn't even play that game. They just – Russell Westbrook just walked all over them, right? So they had some real stinkers against the Wizards this season. And they have really struggled with them. So they're they're a tough – they've been a tough matchup for this Pacers team. And I think they continue – they will continue to be in this individual one game. Yeah, it's worth knowing. This wizard team
0: is seventeen and seven, including include the last in game over the um, since April fifth. They were oh, wow. seventeen and thirty two at that point. They were probably heading towards the lottery, and they probably had like a top eight odds at that point. And since then, they have just run off a tariff of games. I mean, they have been um, amazing. Those wizard team. I mean, they're they look like honestly as good as some of the top six. Uh, at times. Um, not tonight though, against the Boston. Boston, Mr. Tatum had just a great game. I mean, he was like, Tatum
1: was insane. Yeah, I mean, it was the, the kind of game that Boston kind of overshadowed but, anything that happened in the Pacers game scoring wise.
0: Yeah, I mean Tatum had to have that game from the wind. That's what he did. I mean, he had 50 freaking points. Um, but some other things that worth noting. It looked like Westbrook, he did not play the last six minutes with some maybe kind of injury. I don't I haven't seen anything. Uh yet on that. Was, I'm assuming he's gonna play because he's versus Westbrook and he plays for everything, it feels like. Um Beal, who looked worse on what was it, Sunday when they played? Well, he was limping yep. around a little bit. Um looked a little better, but both those guys were not very good. I guess like um Westbrook six of eighteen for twenty points, and Beal ten of twenty-five for twenty-two points. So a lot of high shots, volume takes and low amount of points for that amount.
1: Yeah, they definitely didn't look like themselves, especially so Russ, who's been just like all energy, go, 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 Russell Westbrook for the last, like you said, that 17 and seven stretch, let's say 24 games. So to see him look like this was strange. And I feel like that happens every year in the
0: playoffs. I don't know why. Every like game happens like that. Yeah. yeah. It happened last year, right? He, he got hurt, but like he yeah. just, I feel like he, he loses steam in the playoffs.
1: Well, he had COVID last year too. Is that which- what it have- Yeah.
0: But he had COVID in the offense. I mean, he, he looked really good in no, the. He had COVID pre bubble, remember? Yeah, yeah. But he
1: looked pretty good in the bubble for like a few games. No, he didn't. didn't he? Oh no, it was it was March he looked really good and then yeah. Yes. You're right. No, you're right, you're right. I'm thinking yeah. Beal on the other hand, yeah, recovering from that hamstring thing, occasionally still reaches down to rub it. Not 100% either. Shot 10 of 25. He was still their best offensive player. But I mean, I this Wizards Celtics game was so strange cuz the Wizards just couldn't make a three at all. Bertans was 0 for 7 uh and it, it, you know, the Celtics had him locked down, but 0 for 7 is still a little finicky, even for good shooters. Beal was 1 for 6. They only took 21 in total. The Celtics had the game plan to shut down their trip, their threes, so low assist totals for the Wizards. They only had 17 total assists this game, so there's a good defensive game plan out there for the Pacers to copy. I'm sure the Wizards will have some responses drawn up, but if Russ and Beal can't be 100%, it might be a little hard for them to you know set up their teammates in the way they normally do or get the, the point totals like 50 that Bradley Beal did against the Pacers earlier this season.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking the Pacers drew this team at, at like maybe the right filing moment. I feel like <laughs> each time they played them earlier this year, they drew them at the wrong moment, right? They, Oh no, they, they caught, drew them
1: without Beal and lost. They did not that.
0: No, there. but that, but that, but in hindsight, that March game was like the beginning of the Wizards going on their like tear, right? That's they true. caught, That's they true. caught the team like, like right before, like right at the beginning like, Oh, this team is turning it around. Right. They were the, that was actually the, their 17th win was against Indiana. Um, so, and then obviously the last time they played them, Wizards were like amazing. I mean, they've been on a crazy streak. So it feels like they might've finally drawn them in a moment where like they're a lot weaker than they were earlier, I guess.
1: So can I tell you one, the thing that encouraged me the most about this game? Yeah. Beyond other players being in and out and some inconsistent performances from other Wizards players and Pacers players, DeMontis' bonus stats against the Wizards this season. First game, Wizards win 132 and twenty four. Sabonis so 35 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Phenomenal game. Looked amazing. Second game. Wait, I'm on the wrong one. Second game. Wizards win 154-141. DeMontis Sabonis, 32 points, 19 rebounds, 9 assists. Third game in Indy, the overtime game. DeMontis Sabonis, 30 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. 30 points in all three games, a triple-double, two very close to triple-doubles. Alex Len is like a player who exists. Like he's this fine third center who just starts a few minutes for them. Daniel Gafford's a good player who can run the floor and play okay defense. Robin Lopez is really slow. All three of those guys are, like, okay. Gafford's actually pretty good. But they have no answers for Sabonis, right? The Wizards have no answers for him. So if they can play the similar inside-out game that they played today, where Sabonis was ready for the doubles and knew where his teammates would be on those kickouts, I think that he can be really effective and make sure the Pacers' offense is at least solid at a minimum when he's in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, these two teams are going to play with a ton of pace. ton um the average in
1: this game we just saw
0: the Wizards averaged 140 points in the three games they played this year the pacers i think were somewhere like the 135 range um better than my math right maybe the last more like probably more like 132 um so yeah we're gonna see a ton of points i mean it, if the pacers shoot the same way they shot against the horns then they'll be fine i mean they'll score 144 points that's probably enough to beat the wizards um but, I mean, I, I guess I, I think this comes down to also just the – if they play at that kind of pace, the health of Russ. Because Russ is the thing that drives the pace at time for the Wizards. And, like, he has shot incredible against the Pacers this year. I mean, he is averaging t- in their three games 27 points on 50, 53, 83 shooting splits. Um, a guy is a career 30-something three points, you was shooting – shot amazing against, on three against the Pacers. So um,
1: Seven of 13. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So, the – that this would be the the key if they play this pace, will be is Russ able to keep up this pace and play at that you know high level, um, high speed level with the Pacers? If not, they might be able actually to like legitimately outrun this Wizards team.
1: That's what I was going to say is the counter to my Sabonis has been awesome against the Wizards argument is that Russ has been better against the Pacers, right? Insane triple doubles. He had a game with over 20 rebounds and 20 assists in a game in one game. That's just disgusting, right? And he is another guy that the Pacers just don't have answers for right. They don't have answers for quick guards anyway cuz Brogdon is not quite good at staying with shifty guys and he's both quick and powerful. So if they put other guys on him who are a little quicker like they tried with LaVert at times this season, even Justin Holiday at, on occasions, they just can't contain him like at all. They have no answers. So he's going to be good it, it went, you know, if he's able to to play at 100%, even if he's able to play at 90 or 80%, he's still going to be really good and hard to contain but you know, other guys, are their bit players on the Wizards aren't quite as good, so make his life really hard. I think making him try to have another 24-assist game and keeping his points down is the move because, like we just saw, the Celtics do. If you can disrupt their shooters, you can take the Wizards out of their game, but they also have Bradley Beal, who can play away from the play and, and make stuff happen or just dominate as an ISO scorer. So they're really tough to contain, but Russ's insane stats and the way he's able to just manipulate the Pacers has killed them this season, and I don't know how they're going to do better against him, but they have to.
0: Yeah. So do you think the Pages have the coaching advantage in this game? Yeah. Scott Brooks is one of the worst coaches in the NBA. You think so? Yeah. He's awful. Isn't he pretty good at developing talent? Am I wrong with that? Uh, yes, you are. Well, <laughs> so he it's developed, Scott. you could make you yeah. argue that he developed Harden, Russ, and Durant, right? Yeah. I'm but sure we, they'd
1: be, they'd all be worse without Scott Brooks coaching. Well, I guess, yeah.
0: The question is, right? It's like demographics or destiny, right? Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: and to- I, and I, yeah, no, versus nurture, right. I guess, he took that team to the finals. Good. Like, he's, he might, he's probably better than I'm giving him credit for. He took a team to the finals, keeps making the Wizards just randomly have these good spurts, but I do not think... Oh,
0: might. and they have some, like, right? They developed Thomas Bryant, turned into a recent player for them. Um, and Rui's, I mean, I gotten a
1: lot, Rui's gotten a lot better for them under Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, get, giving, I'm, I'm not giving enough credit.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think X and O's-wise, he's probably outmatched, but I do think he does a pretty decent job developing talent, I guess. That's That would, would be my That's only fair. argument. But, I mean, sometimes that isn't always enough. I don't, I, I don't think he's one of the worst coaches. I think I think you're giving some other guys not enough credit for how bad they are. Yeah, Luke
1: Walton staying with the
0: Kings. Yeah, I was going to say, why is uh, Luke Walton still coaching the NBA? Uh,
1: yeah, the Kings are apparently going to keep him that. I, if you're a Kings fan, and you're listening to this for some reason. I, I'm sorry. Um, McConnell's a big key for me in this game as well. He yeah. did great with the Pacers second unit today. And I think that you know, the Wizards bench is just, is just bad, right? Like, they have some okay guys. You know, Raul, Raul, sorry. Raul Neto has had some nice games against the Pacers this year, 15 points uh, in their first matchup, for example. And I talked about Gafford being okay. Chandler Hutchinson has been amazing against the Pacers this year and god-awful against everyone else for some reason. But, anyway, the names are more important here. Typically, the Wizards bench is not filled with good players, so if you can't win the rust minutes or you can't find a way to slow him down, doing well when he's off the floor and having McConnell control the game, having the Pacers bench be as good as it was against the Hornets could be a nice way to make up those points and stay in front.
0: Yeah. I think my key is the, uh, it's the holiday McDermott combination. I mean,
1: yeah. That's whatever.
0: What I, mean. I mean, so let's say they end up taking, what did they take today? Combined? They took 12, 11 threes, and made 11. seven of them, seven, 11. I imagine they'll be even a little bit higher maybe in this game. It'd be more like 12 or 13 threes. They got to make seven or eight again. Um, if they do that, Hopefully that means also somebody else has shot well from three. Um, and that should be that should be enough, I think, to beat the Wizards. But um, I mean, that's good, it's gonna be hard. I mean, the Wizards are gonna if if Westbrook is not like crazily hurt and Beal can put up some kind of fight, the Wizards are gonna be hard to beat because they've got the two best players on the court at, at any given moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Normally, you know, like early season and through the all-star break, even I guess Beale's better than Sabonis, but I would have said Sabonis was playing better than Russ. Uh, and could have been the best player. I totally forgot about Beal for some reason. I was looking at the box score of the Wizards game when he didn't play. Beal would definitely be the best player in a fully healthy scenario. But anyway, Sabonis was better than Russ for a lot of the year, and then Russ recently has taken off to the point that he's better. So they might have the two best players, but then the Pacers will have like three through what seven or something. I don't know. Depends. Oh, I'm mean, looking at think. the
0: Wizards, right? So I mean, Bertons is probably the next best player on that.
1: It depends what you think of Bertons or Rui, whichever one is in. They usually only have one of those guys in the game. Right. Rui's I feel been very like, good against the Pacers. Well. I feel like.
0: Bertans is probably slightly better than Holiday McDermott, but he's better than McDermott for sure. Yeah, Yeah. right. But maybe not enough. You're right.
1: He's probably in the in that range as well. But
0: but Brighton's probably better than Brighton is better. Not probably Brighton is better than Bertans when he's healthy. Easily, easily. Um, if they had Karras, he'd be better. So yeah, their pitchers would normally have like Boucher scores
1: twenty three points again. He's better than Berton's.
0: If (laughs) Boucher played like this, he's better than a lot of a lot lot of players. Yeah.
1: So this is weird. Like I have no reason to just, this is a gut thing, but like, I just, I kind of feel like the Pacers, I would favor them slightly. And I have no reason to do that. The Wizards beat them three times. They're clearly a matchup nightmare. They're they're They finished with a better record, right? Every sign says I should pick the Wizards. And I, and I think that picking the Wizards is smart. Honestly, I bet the Vegas lines end up favoring the Wizards ever so slightly, but something in my gut tells me the Pacers are going to come out strong and get a win. I don't know why.
0: I would agree with you. I've, I don't I've, know why. <laughs> this team has been disappointing all year. And all of a sudden, tonight, they look like the greatest team ever. Not a doubt. But it, to me, tonight's game was the Hornets reminded me of, oh, yeah, when they usually play bad teams, they just smoke them. And the Wizards, to me, feel like they're – like, I just – the Wizards t- team I watched on against Boston and just wasn't very good. Like, they just weren't. They were up at halftime. But yeah. the Celtics missed 12 threes. So, this is, a, I maybe, I did pay more attention in, in the second half and the first half, partially. So, that could be some of my bias. But, like, watching Russ' the second half, he looked just not very good. I mean, he was getting, i the Tatum is a bad defender, and Tatum is actually a, a pretty decent defender, for him, but he's got a lot of size. But he was like getting swatted by Tatum at the rim. Like, he just couldn't get anything going in the second half.
1: So, the Celtics were up after one. And then the second quarter, they shot over 12 from three. And some of those looks were contested, obviously. You don't just randomly shoot over 12, but that's just an anomaly bad, and then they came out and corrected that. Law of averages came in the third quarter, and they took it away. So they they really did mostly dominate. They Just the score at halftime was the Wizards were ahead. But you're, you're, the second half was just they made the shots they were getting in the first half. So that's an, a fairly accurate description of the game. So we'll see how good the Wizards are when when they play. In D.C., 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, for those unaware.
0: All right. I, I, I did not know the time. So 8 p.m. Eastern in D.C. So we both are going with, with a tentative win.
1: Yeah. Like one point like another fifty-one forty nine situation. All right. Well, we'll 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 see what happens. You got anything else to talk about? Uh we'll have a Wizards guy on to preview tomorrow, although you guys are kind of familiar with the Wizards because they play a lot recently, still catching up on the storylines, the injuries, all that. So we'll see who it is. I have a lot of options. We'll see.
0: Yep. And then we'll be back on Thursday to discuss either a Friday or Friday. I'm sorry, Thursday night will record to be on for Friday. On whether the on a Pacers win loss, so we either you know we'll see what, what we have to talk about. As always, you can follow this podcast at Locked On Pacers, me at Free Madam Five, Tony at T East MBA. That is all for Locked On Pacers podcast. We'll see you guys again. tomorrow.